This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Cherished Companions with Doug Wilbur. And Doug and I were talking before we got started today, and all I want to mention to you listeners on my Facebook page and also the one for New Cleveland Radio, um, I follow a gentleman by the name of Josh Petit. And Josh lives in North Carolina with his mother and father. His mother has Alzheimer's and they've been documenting her journey. And it's been so, so enlightening to watch. Um, But if you're just getting in on it, I suggest you go back and see some of the past ones because mom now is having more issues. And you know what? this is happening all around us and it's something that we have to start to understand and kudos to Josh and his father who love Betty so much. Um, Yeah. It is just remarkable. And I don't know if I would have the strength to do what they're doing. So um, it's, it's worth a watch. And you wanted to talk a little bit about individuals with dementia. Yeah, I um, I actually kind of want to talk about two things. One is individuals with dementia, and, and then I'd like to segue at some point in time and talk a little bit about grief and a very particular type of grief. Um, but, um, you, you know, it's, it's interesting, uh, first of all, because, you know, when people talk about dementia, uh, many times they talk about what their meaning is Alzheimer's, um, but not all dementia is Alzheimer's. Um, Alzheimer's is the most common form of dementia, um, but it is not the only form of dementia. And and I bring that up for a couple reasons. One is because for some reason, recently we've seen a, a huge number of people that we're caring for that have a particular type of dementia called frontal lobe dementia. And, you know, I, I don't think there's a, a cluster of frontal lobe dementia going on, you know, in our area as much as just kind of the luck of the draw. We've ended up sure. having that. They know we can handle um, different types of dementia. And so we're being called on, you know, for, for um, doing this. But frontal lobe is very different from other types of dementia. Um, and, and specifically, it's very different from Alzheimer's. So, um, you know, Alzheimer's seems to be kind of almost more regressive. You know, you lose your memory and you tend to lose more recent memories oftentimes, you know, and, and earlier memories are retained for a longer period of time. It's it's not uniform, but that's kind of how how sure. it happens. So you know you um, and um, whereas the frontal lobe dementia affects like executive function. So you know I was recently in with with a client doing an intake, and it was it was interesting because this particular client could not speak. Um, but um, it appears, you know, as best as, as we can tell, to have all their memory, you know, and, 
and really a full understanding of what was going on, but had the aphasia and not able to say anything, you know, at least during the time I was there, um, uh, the, the, the individual didn't verbalize a single word. Um, and, you know, so, so these different dementias will present differently, you know, um, and, and, you know, this, this person's case, they were still ambulating on their own, didn't need assistance, um, you know, could nod their head with a yes or a no. Um, and so, you know, there was, a, a, you know, a, 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 a pretty, um, you know, you could tell that she understood what you were asking, sure. uh, just could not express it. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's the type of dementia that Bruce Willis had. And remember, they said that right. he was developing aphasia. Well, I think what it eventually ended up being was this type of, of dementia. Um, so, uh, you know, we also have had other folks with with similar and, you know, where they they're still functioning in many ways and, you know, are highly functional in some respects and, you know, having real issues in other respects, not able to articulate, um, you know, feelings or what's going on. And, and, and so, you know, it can be complicated, but all dementia, the one thing I can tell you is they, there is this thing that is going on when you see a behavior, you understand that that behavior is often a means of communication or expression. Even if someone seems to be, you know, acting out or not violent, but aggressive, it's oftentimes a way of communicating. Sure. And um, so what you have to say is what are they trying to communicate and trying to understand that. But, um, but one of the things that I've found, and I've, I've said something along these lines before, but that, that people, if they're in their own environment, they tend to do better. And if you pull them out of that environment, because, because of all the, the, um, the fact that they're, they're already compromised, you know, at different aspects of, you know, have been significantly compromised, um, that you pull one other area, which is the familiarity of an environment, and you take that away from them. And it can be very, very um, jarring for them. So much so that what I oftentimes see is people end up going through the process, they get some care and they're getting care with us. And then they think, oh, I'll put this person in a facility. And what I've seen happen so often, whether it be frontal lobe or uh, with Alzheimer's or you know other types of dementia is you'll see this rapid decline that happens when they go into a, a facility. And it's like the rug was pulled out from underneath them. And uh, and it's not because the facility is a bad facility. That's not it. It's because people do better 
in a familiar environment. It sure. is it is an anchor. It is stability for them. And they're also do better with people that are familiar, even if sometimes it doesn't seem like they recognize that individual, they still do better when they're with that that individual. Um, and um, because there is something deep in them that understands that that's an anchor, that that is something that is grounded with the reality that they've known for at least a long, long time in those situations. And, and you know, it's it, it, what I have found is that when that gets taken away and someone is placed into a facility, there there is that rapid decline that happens. So um, I know with like uh, one, I, I, the first time I ever saw this, it was shocking because we had a, a client that we were caring for, a woman that was functioning at like an incredibly high level. I mean, doing really, really well. Um, we had, you know, caregivers in there that were, uh, you know, so that she could be in her home and she got pulled from her home and got placed into a good facility. This was not like, you know, a shoddy place. Sure. It was a very, very well, well-known facility. And, and like within six months, she was on hospice and had passed away. And I'm thinking, how did this highly functioning woman go from that to passing away? And, and, and it was like, I, it, it was jarring I, it, to me because I was thinking, how did that happen? Sure, absolutely. And, and, and you know, first of all, it filled me with a sense of mission, like we're doing the right thing. We're doing right by keeping people in the home. That was the first thing that I had the sense of. The, the second thing is, why? What, what would go on that that would happen? And, you know, I... I, I think that's when I really started saying, yeah, I guess, you know, that that anchor idea or that foundation of the familiar being so important for someone who is older. And and recently I I saw that happen again. And, you know, I it was, again, a thing that that just saddened me, you know. And so one of the things that that I want to um, really talk about with that is is really saying or, or trying to say, what can we do to keep someone in that home environment? Uh, because what I think so often happens is the person who is the primary caregiver can't take it. Sure. It, 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 not, it's not because they're bad or it's not because there's anything wrong with it but what is it that is that 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 they're dealing with that they can't do it and and so often it's because it's disruptive of their own lives and what i want people to possibly think about is is there a way where they can balance that keep the person in a home setting in their home setting 
um, and and still be able to to keep the balance in the life of the primary caregiver. Um, and you know, and and I think there oftentimes is, but you have to give something up in the process. And and I see kind of the giving up. I'll I'll give a a different example to kind of show uh, how how you have to give up things when people are needing care. So so often I go into people's homes and they lovely homes, and you know they always had their furniture in a certain way, and they've just redone their bathroom and it's beautiful. And, and, you know, uh, they, they have always been good at keeping up their homes. And then all of a sudden I come in and I say, you know what, I think it would be wise to have a grab bar in your bathroom, you know, um, and it wasn't a part of the original design. So it's really hard for someone to say, I'll put that grab bar in because right. th that, you know, you, you know, they just did this and it's beautiful and it's the way they want or a bar, you know, in a particular place in the house. Now, you know, understand that, you know, if you put something like a grab bar in a specific place, it can be repaired. It can be patched. You know, you can take that away eventually. So it's not, you know, it's it's not necessarily permanent, you know, in the bathroom. You can design it so it's still pretty and goes with with the, exactly. the design. So, but it's hard to lay that down, it, you know, because because we have things the way we sort of want them in our lives, whether it be the way the house is or the way we handle our day, and we have to say, you know what, that's not as important as this individual and how can I, how can I, um, you know, not disrupt things that are important, you know, to me as say a primary caregiver, um, keep my sanity, um, but understand that I'm gonna have to give some things up. And and so there, there really is that thing of like dying a little bit to certain things in your life um, to, um, and it's not necessarily big things. It's, it's the little things right. that you have to do where you, you kind of say, I, it, that's not as important as, as this person that I love. And so I'm willing to put a hole in the wall. I'm willing to do some of these things in order for it to be, for that person to be safe. And the other thing might be, you know, the the intrusion in my life of having a caregiver. And let's face it, having someone else in your house when you're used to, you know, quiet or you're used to whatever is a compromise. But I but here's the other side of it, and that is if you could see what I've seen, you'll see that it's worth it. You know, um, I've I've not. If someone has done care and they've done it in the right way, I don't see a lot of regrets afterwards. Right. You know, I don't see people say, "Gosh, I really wish I hadn't taken care of my mom." You know, 
Um, I, I really wish that, you know, I hadn't done um, that, you know, uh, put up the safety features that I did or, uh, you know, that that's not it. If anything, people will sometimes say, I really wish I hadn't put my mom into a facility or, exactly. uh, you know, um, and because I, I don't believe she got the care that I could have provided or could have overseen is probably the better way of, of, of phrasing it because, you know, no one should probably be doing all the care themselves, but overseeing and, and seeing that the care is done the way that you want it to do is, is, um, you know, is, um, this is something that I think people can do and be proud of afterwards. Now, I never want to guilt anyone because there are times where you absolutely there there are reasons why you have to place someone in a facility and it is the right decision and only the the family themselves can make that decision you know and and I'm not going to second guess someone's decision in doing that sure. but I will say that people do better at home that's and I can say that, you know, um, all but in the rarest of exceptions, that people will, will probably do better in a home setting as long as you can build a plan of care for them that fits that, you know. Um, and, and the, you know, these are musings, these are thoughts. But these, these are thoughts because, you know, I've experienced what I was talking about enough times that I see that it's a pattern and and feel like um you know if if someone's wavering you know realize that maybe this is the good that that you can make those compromises you can do those things and you can make it work without losing your mind you know um and um and especially those with dementia because of the anchor that the home and the individuals can provide to that that person. So um, the the you know the other thing is, um, and and again I think this brings up you know what I was saying before um, because I just experienced this with someone. Um, you know, that, that we've helped not too long ago. And, um, and, uh, you know, one thing that people don't always think about is caregivers who've been with, uh, with someone, whether it be for months or for years, um, also grieve after someone has passed. And, and I noticed this in this particular case that the that the person, uh, you know, was was experiencing a lot of grief because they had become very close to the individual, and I find that our caregivers do become close. So, you know, the other part of this um, uh, this story, um, or really the the series of stories, is to understand that um, the caregivers grieve too. <laughs> And go ahead. Well, you know, it's quite interesting. I didn't even think of this until we started talking today. 
Yeah. Uh, my mother had four different caregivers. Occasionally there was a fifth or whatever. Um, but the ones that came through the facility, not from outside, they were nurturing, loving individuals. Mm. And prior to my mother passing away, all four of them came to my brother and I and said, please don't forget us. And mm. it was like, you know, what are you asking for? An inheritance? I mean, the way they said it, it was weird. And I finally had the nerve to say, what do you mean forget you? They said, we've known your mother the whole time she lived here. Well, we've been taking care of her for two months. She mm -hmm. is not just your mother. She is our friend. She mm -hmm. is Dorothy. And I looked at them and thought, well, you know, that's nice to say. But at the funeral, these women, I mean, pure tears. Oh, yeah. And I was cried out at that point, And I'm looking at them and almost envious of them. Mm -hmm. um, but I've stayed in touch with all of them. It's going on seven years. Um, because they were a huge part. And when we were when it was suggested that we keep her at home, one of the things the doctor said was she may not be able to see, even though she doesn't know that, but she will smell her house. Mm. And if you cook her something that is native to her she'll be able to enjoy it more. Yeah. She will sense where she is. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And, and, um, and I think that's one of the other kind of hidden things about um, why being at home is important is, is because people that are there do develop those attachments that are not superficial they're deep and and um just talking now actually I just thought about this as being maybe that that other x factor with this which is um that the people are very loyal and dedicated to the people that they're caring for you know um and, and be and you don't get that quite as much in a facility, it's not that you don't get it in a facility, because I know caregivers that have gotten close to individuals, but not all individuals who are doing care and not all individuals who are receiving care get close to all people right. that are there. Whereas I would say that pretty much, um, except for the rarest of circumstances, all of our caregivers do get close to the people that they care for. Um, and um, even, even difficult clients, you know, um, the caregivers get to know them well and, um, and get close to them um, because they understand them. They, you, you have to when you spend the amount of time that right. you do and and they develop a bond and um and so uh, but that comes with a cost so as i was talking to someone recently who you know had lost someone 
they they said you know I, I you know as I was talking to them they said I don't know that I can do this and, and you know like take on another person um because they were hurting you right. know and I, I said you know that's one of the things where you know in, in home care you you open your heart and because of that you get close to someone and and be when you get close to someone you know that you're going to to um hurt when they're gone absolutely but, but you know and that's the that's the price of the privilege of getting close to someone um and and you know there is a price and, and there is a privilege and so by doing it you've gotten to know and get close to someone that is dear and and wonderful and has impacted your life but when they're gone you grieve and and that's what that person was experiencing and you know i i'm the um and that's and that's one of the the gifts that someone is giving by opening their heart um you know, is, is and being willing to get close is eventually, you know, there comes a, a point where you're going to have to grieve. And and it was funny because she said, yeah, you know, I mean, she understood, you know, what that 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 it's worth it. You know, can you imagine, you know, really, can you imagine your life without that having met that person? Absolutely. And if you can say, no, I can't imagine then you say, yeah, it's it's a price that's worth paying, but you still are experiencing the grief at the time, and you have to go through it. And we can't forget our caregivers that you know have gone through that. Um, Absolutely. You know, and they they need the support. I've even had I had you know a couple of caregivers over the years that have said, you know, I, I need to take some time off. And and they'll even take like a month off before they're able to come back, you know, and and do it. And and I'm willing to to give them that time off because, you know, if that's what it takes, you know, to 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 kind of process things and to get back and be able to open your heart again, you know, then um, then, you know, we're willing to give them that that time to, you know, for the grief and for, you know, um, uh, for being able to process things. And know? we also have to understand that we all grieve differently. There right. will be some that will just jump back right into things because that's how they get through their they grief. Go. Yeah. And there are others, like you said, that need the time off. Um, and others who are going to maybe say, you know what, I need to step away from this profession for right now because you know um i don't want to be hurt like this again but then if that's who you are if you're that nurturer you'll be back and right um so to all your caregivers and the other caregivers out there um you know take the time that you need and process it and there are places where you can communicate about how you're feeling as well. Right. Well, and that's one of the things too, is we, we do have a kind of a, a, you know, an open door. So if someone's going through something, 
we want to help them. We want them, you know, to to be able to process things, to think through, to understand, and um, and just on you know, so often, not only will it bring up a memory of the individual, but it'll bring up other loved ones that you've had and if you had to go through it, you know, with that other person before, and and it's so it's. It's bringing up even more memories. You know? Absolutely, and um, and you know that's that's a part of life. I think, you know, one of the the things about something like that is, you know, I always go to a funeral and I walk away usually saying, you know, um, you know, I want, I want to be a better man, you know. Um, after walking away, I always, you know, am, am doing, you know, thinking about how, you know, I can, I can do what I do as a human much better than what I do. And, and so I, I think that, um, I think when we go through the process of grieving for someone, if we, if we handle it right, you know, I, I think in the end, you know, it, it brings us to, you know, thoughts of the eternal, of God, of, of, you know, of, you know, good and evil, of all sorts of things that ultimately are good things, not bad things. So, you know, grief is not a bad thing. Uh, Grief is a hard thing, but it's not a bad thing. Yeah. And, um, or it doesn't have to be a bad thing. So, um, Anyway, the musings and thoughts, sometimes, you know, uh, events of what I've gone through make me, you know, want to go down a certain path with this. And since it's my podcast, I can do it. Absolutely. (laughs) And I love that you said that. Um, But I think sometimes talking about the hard subjects are Mm -hmm. very, very important. Um, You know, before my mother got sick, Um, I knew that I was on her living will. I knew my brother was supposed to take care of her financials. We knew it, but we didn't talk about it. And then when she got sick, we talked about it because we knew that it was, she wasn't going to live much longer. And um, I'm sorry that we waited till that time because I think we could have been stronger before but communication is important and grief is real and uh we shouldn't doubt somebody's grief so yeah yeah so well i i appreciate the the time to be able to you know share a perspective and i hope that you know through this you know maybe one person may be able to say yeah i, I you know acknowledge the grief and that that's good and normal or even a family for a caregiver that's been important to them to understand to reach out to them even you know to that they're maybe a part of the whole grieving process um and then you know the idea that home is good um and if you have the opportunity to keep someone home and the capacity whether it be your own capacity or um you know um financial whatever you know, that you want to regret it. There is a good part to that. So, but I I appreciate the time. Sure. And we will talk to you again next month.
All right. Have a take great day. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.